My name is Maria Kent Beers, and my co-host Rachel Martinez and I are pleased to present Remember Me. This podcast is dedicated to preserving the memories of those diagnosed with FTD. We hope this episode leaves you feeling more connected, provides a deeper understanding, and allows you to learn to accept the good. Always, always accept the good. This is Remember Me. We're back, we're right? Back. We're back with season two. Um, I think one thing to be noted is we are both wearing headsets with <laughs> mouth microphones. We are moving up in the world of podcasts. Yes. How's our audio? Sound good? You said we sound great. We're going to, the moment of truth will be garage band. Yes, we will see. Rachel was saying we look like uh, Britney Spears in Britney Spears. Uh, Oops, I Did It Again music video with our headsets. Or McDonald's. So just picture that. McDonald's <laughs> takeout. In and out. I mean, we're not subjected just to McDonald's. Carl's, whatever. We should post a picture. <laughs> no, not this time. Oof. It's early. It's early in California. But the most important thing is we're back. Season we're back. two is here. We're making moves. I think that should be the theme of season two, other than the most obvious. We'll talk about it at the end, but we have fun collaborations. We have more experts. We have merchandise. Yes. And we have each other. We do. We do. We're so lucky to have each other. I know. So I think a lot of people that listen also follow us on social media. So I think a lot of people know of the sort of sudden and very coincidental losses that we've both encountered. Right. On November 10th of 2020, I lost my dad to, I don't, it's not, it wasn't pneumonia. It wasn't COVID. It was just complications of FTD. Um, and then a month plus a day later, we lost, lost my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So could you imagine, first of all, like if we never met, we'd be on the same path, but just strangers. Isn't yet. that weird? When sometimes when I think about that, I'm like, are we destined to be? Someone? I think it's crazy because we've kind of talked since we met about living like parallel lives, like, mm-hmm. you know, with our I have my Liam and you have Max and Jack and we're quote unquote stay at home moms chasing around our boys and, you know, caregivers for our parents on opposite coasts. And then for this to happen and, you know, our parents were, when we met in August, just to take anybody back who, you know, might be a new listener. So Rachel and I met on Instagram. I'm not sure when we met on Instagram, but. I think but, it was July, right? And we yeah, like hustled. I think we had connected on Instagram maybe like a year prior just because mm-hmm. there's a very Followers. small community or at least at that time, there's a very small community of, you know, FTD, uh, mostly children of FTD and some spouses. Um, and we all kind of connected on Instagram. I, I was running a page called Art for Amalia 
um, with my mom's art and educating people on FTD and Rachel and I connected there. And then I had just posted, like, I have this idea of how I want to share my mom's story. Does anybody out there want to tell their story? And that's how Rachel and I connected. She was the first person to be like, yeah. I, is connected or like, I was a little obsessive, I think is a, a way to put it. I'm like, how can I help? Can I help? What do you want me to do? I, I like to write. Can I write something for you? Can You're I like, do you want, do you want me to start your Instagram? I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Can I come over to your house? Hi, we're new friends. <laughs> also side note, when you're a stay at home mom and somebody reaches out to you, you're like, it's very are we? exciting. Yes. Yes. So I, I took it and I ran with it hard. I put my shoes on. I laced up. I was ready for our marriage. You were so ready and it was great. So we jumped on a zoom call and, you know, we were just telling each other our stories and, you know, everything that Rachel was saying, I was nodding and everything I was saying, she was nodding. It was just like, just kind of like this sigh of relief, like, okay, somebody understands what I'm talking about. And, totally. um, I told her my idea and, I kind of interviewed her and then I think it was the next day I called and I'm like, Hey, do you want to be my co-host? <laughs> and the rest was pretty much his. Then Rachel had the green light to be like, all right, I'm setting up an Instagram. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We were talking about this the other day. Like you're so like calm and collected and like a, a check and balancer. And I'm yep. just like, we'll figure it out. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's go. And I, I think it's a good balance. I think it's yeah. a great balance. It's a yin and a yang. So when we started this, you know, we started by sharing each of our stories in the initial two episodes of season one, if you want to catch up on those. And then we started interviewing, you know, kind of our friend, our close friends in the FTD community, and then expanded out to people who are knocking our door down saying, I want to tell my story. And so we've kind of expanded this network and gotten perspectives from all over the country and um, started to build this little community, which has just been, I, it's just kind of crazy when you look back and you think of how we kind of formed the community and then we needed the community so much as our parents really swiftly declined. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like people really have rallied around us to support us. And I just think too, it's like, it's just kind of nice. Like if I'm having a hard day or even before my mom passed, like if I just wanted to get something out there that I was feeling, I knew I could post it on the remember me Instagram and our I would followers resonate. understand, mm -hmm. you know, it just totally. feels kind of like a safe place. Mm -hmm. So we're, cranking away at the podcast hit 4,000 downloads whoop, whoop. yeah and then um feel like it was kind of out of nowhere we had it was I remember it I mean I won't give too much detail because I was laying in bed but I got the call Saturday morning we had two people on our schedule to interview that day yeah and I remember I got the call um from my dad's facility. And for our listeners who have loved ones in a facility, you know, when you get the call at, I don't know, seven 15, it's never good news. Right. Um, and I remember the first person, number one, I wanted to call and two, I'm like, we have interviews. <laughs> like I have to let her know. Right. Um, I guess to like, what's, what's weird is you're 
waiting for it. You're constantly waiting. Like, is it going to be today? Are they going to not wake up? Are they going to choke? Are they going to... And then when you get it, when you get the call or you get the news, you're like almost frozen. You're like, okay, so what do I, what's, what am I going to do? You're preparing for it from the day you get the diagnosis. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, I thought I was so prepared for this. Totally. Totally. So it's not a a good thing that it was in the middle of COVID for me because I, it was, we had to jump through a couple hoops to get into his facility, which now looking back, I'm so thankful that they take it seriously. And it's, you know, kind of a locked area still. Um, but we went down there, my mom and I went down there, uh, I don't know, 25 minutes after we got the call. Cause we just didn't exactly, we, is he dying now? Like how much time do we have? Can I shower? Like if this is the last time he's going to see me, I don't want to look actually like I look right now. Um, so I, you know, I jumped in the car with my mom and we went down there and, um, what I saw was not exactly what I expected. So he was in a room alone. Um, and what had happened was, that morning they found my dad, um, I guess in like morning routine and he had super low oxygen, uh, and he was struggling to breathe and nothing had, according to the staff, nothing had happened overnight. They checked on him at 11. Then at six 30, when they went in, it just, he was in a not so great shape. Uh, so they moved him into his own room so we could go and see him. Um, And when we got there, he, I guess it's a normal occurrence when someone is actively dying. Um, They kind of perk up a little bit when they see their family members. So we're like, why did you guys call us? He looks totally normal, (laughs) panicking, sweating. And we walk in and he's like, you know, normal Frank, well, normal to the disease, but what we were nervous about was the feeding because he was kind of struggling to breathe. And they thought that maybe the night before when he was having dinner, because he was on the honey thick puree, um, sometimes it can go down the wrong tube and get into the lung, mm. but they don't know it. And, you know, for hours later, so they didn't feed him that day. Cause they just weren't sure, you know, what was going on. Um, when we left, we like, kind of said our goodbyes just because I, we don't, you know, everything was kind of up in the air. And then Sunday he was like, great. He ate his breakfast, you know, he's up and making all his funny sounds. And then at lunchtime he choked big time Mm -hmm. and he just didn't recover from that. Um, so they let me come back in on Monday and he was already on morphine and, that's the part that is just really hard for me to swallow was the way he looked. Cause I, I kind of wasn't expecting that. I remember he was wearing a Puma shirt. I'm like, okay, first of all, where'd you get that shirt? (laughs) Cause that's not something I would buy you. Um, and you know, we just, my mom and I spent the day with him just talking and, I read him a book and we played him music and just kind of held his hand. And 
full disclosure, if I don't sleep well, I'm just not okay. So obviously the night before I didn't sleep well. So I don't know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, Nick, my husband came down and he's like, go home and shower and sleep and come back when you're ready. And I ended up falling asleep and he passed at 5.50 the next morning. Um, and Nick stayed with him the whole time. So that's when I fell in love with Nick. That's when I fell in love with Nick again. Um, for him to do that, I there like I'm still getting goosebumps when I think about it. He I would when I woke up, I woke up at like three and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta get back down there. And I'm like trying to get up and I'm gonna call my mother-in-law and say, you know, come watch my kids while I go sit next to my dying dad. And Nick was like, you know, he's resting. Like you should rest too. And I don't know if that's him protecting me because he knew what was coming or he thought my wife is kind of a monster if she doesn't sleep. So let's get her some rest and I'll, you know, stay with, with my dad. So, um, from what I heard, it was extremely peaceful and we ended up donating his brain and I got his results back, which were super interesting. Um, and then I'll stop talking. I've been talking for a long time. No, keep going. Um, <clears throat> so he, it's confirmed FTD. Yeah. Um, but the protein in his brain, or yeah, was fuzz. It's called fuzz protein. Um, so it's a form of atypical FTD. Mm -hmm. So in the back of his brain near his brain stem, I think I don't have the report with me. There were some, I guess they called it like Alzheimer's webs as well. They said it can be typical with FTD to get that back there as, as part of the disease. Okay. Um, but they would not classify him as an Alzheimer's patient just because of those little I don't know. I don't even, I, I should have had the report with me. So I don't sound like a fumbling mess, but I, I'm glad I did it. I'm so glad I donated his brain. It sounds super morbid. It, I, when I think about it, it turns my stomach, but just knowing, first of all, that it was FTD. And second, they can keep the brain tissue and use it for months and months. Global and months. research. Yeah. Totally. So, um, I, I definitely have my days where it's like, geez, what, like, okay, let me like put my feet on the ground here. What a whirlwind the last 10 years of my life has been, but underneath it all, like, I'm not, I don't know. He lived such a beautiful life that I miss him, of course, but I've missed him for years, you know? So mm -hmm. There are, you know, mornings where I'm like, oh, I wonder if my dad had breakfast. I wonder if he's up and playing the piano. And then I'm like, oh, damn. Well, no, <laughs> he didn't have breakfast. Um, that's a struggle. And my other struggle is like, where are you? Like, can you show me that you're here? Do I have to go see a medium or can like a little birdie 
land on my bedroom window, like you see in the movies, you know, and you're like, oh, look, it's dad. Like, that's what I want. Right. Also, don't be a bird because I really don't like birds. (laughs) Um, And I prefer like not an insect either, but I won't be picky. Um, So it's, it's hard. It's a struggle, but um, I really hate to say it. It just, it kind of is what it is. Like, right. So that's why the break started for Remember Me podcast. And we were kind of gearing up to get back onto it. And then we got the news that your mom wasn't doing so hot. So like it kind of, um, it was very similar. Um, she, she just started having a lot of trouble breathing and, um, it was similar to Frankie too, in that, um, you know, it wasn't immediate, Mm -hmm. but, um, my mom already had in-home hospice. We had incredible, um, nurse and aides. And, um, yeah, I, I told Rachel before we started recording, I was a little nervous. Um, it just still feels very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the memories I'm are still right on a the little traumatized um, mm-hmm. by the end. I'm so glad that I was there. Um, we were all there. She was home with us. Um, it was a little crazy. You know, it was it was kind of like a waiting game. We knew it was the end once she all of a sudden out of nowhere, just started having really severe breathing issues and a reminder to my mom also had ALS. So um, I think it might've been the ALS and her muscles. She just uh, really couldn't breathe very well anymore. And, um, you know, it had been days of, of knowing it was the end and, but within I'd say a half hour, an hour of her passing, my dad just knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knew. It's so what I saw myself doing because my dad was on hospice too, but the care is so different in a facility. Um, so he was on a, a pulse ox on his finger. Yep. And then he was also, I asked them to put like the actual machine on, like the beeping one. Right, right, right. I remember you kept sending me the numbers. Right. And I, when I think back, like the last, so when we got down there that day, um, I was obsessing about the numbers. Okay. Yeah. He's at 72. Like, how do right. we get more oxygen in there? And finally the hospice nurse was like, you just need to turn that off. Like you are spending your time looking at the number and not holding his hand or rubbing his arm or whatever. Um, I guess that part, I kind of wasn't really ready for that, like need to, con- I mean, we all know I'm a control freak, but like I needed, like, what number is he at? What number is you he wanted at? to prepare yourself as much as you could. I think that's so. what we all wanted to do too. My dad's the same way. Like throughout the whole disease, it's like, he just always wanted to be prepared for the next, totally next thing. Oh, Gary, you and I are so similar. We're planners. Very, very regimented. I'm really trying to hold it together. (laughs) You're doing a great job. I think what we, what's, I don't like the word magical because it's not, this isn't like a little fairy tale. Um, but 
just the similarity of the two of them, the way they live their life, the way they saw the world, the way, you know, they parented. Yes. Yes. And then also like the way they passed on wasn't like, you know, grabbing their throat. (laughs) It was peaceful. And that's what we all want. You know, we don't want to die tragically. Right. So I think that keeps me not grounded, but just comfortable. You know, it wasn't. And hello, I had morphine when I had my C-section. You have no idea what's going on. So that also gives me comfort in knowing like they were, they could have already been together at that point floating. I know that they were. It's crazy though. Like, so your dad had it you know, let's call it, he was diagnosed 10 years ago. Cause mm-hmm. we all know that diagnosis totally. doesn't necessarily mean that's when it started. Same with my mom, but she was four years um, mm-hmm. into the diagnosis when she passed. But again, she also had ALS, but it's just, like I said, going back to the beginning, you know, when we first connected, it seemed that Frank was more further along than my mom. Totally. But then towards the end of the year, going towards November, we started to feel like my mom was ahead of your dad. Because mm-hmm. I was, I I had been in kind of, I, I had talked about it a little bit on the podcast, like my mom was not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, it really is just, it's really crazy mm-hmm. how, yeah, how it was almost a month to the actual day. And there were days leading up to my mom passing that I just said, like, Frankie, just take her, you know, know? and um, take care of her. Yeah, And yeah, just, I mean, I just don't think that there's any coincidence in all of this. And I also just want to say, you know, some people might think, it's really crazy that you're talking about this right now because it was so fresh and I'm crying obviously but I have to keep talking about it like I have to keep doing this we have to like we just feel it like in our bones like we have to let people know who our parents were we need to fight this disease and we just it, it's almost like I just felt that 10 times more after she passed, Mm -hmm. you know, even Mm -hmm. though I'm super emotional, Mm -hmm. I want to be doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, I think too, it's, um, grief is super awkward. Like people don't know what to say. They don't know if they should ask. They don't know if they should hug you or, you know, talk about the loved one that passed away. And I think my two cents is you show up for the person that's grieving. You don't have to say the right thing. You could say, I don't know what to say. Do you want me to hug you? Do you want me to sit with you? Right. We don't, the grievers aren't expecting you to make it better. They're not in, you know, a false reality. How can, how could you, there's nothing that could fix this kind of pain. It's just showing up. It's just comfort, you know, and not Not solving (laughs) comfort. 
Yeah. And not being afraid to talk about it. Like when my friends share like, oh my gosh, remember when your dad chased all those guys that were TPing your house down the street in high school? (laughs) I'm not like, why did you bring that up? I love the stories. I love the stories. Yes. It's such a best. Yeah. And that speaking for myself, I'm never like, please don't talk about my dad. I'm more like, why aren't you talking about my dad? He's so important. It's so new. It's so fresh. Right. Why aren't you, you know, bringing him up? We all, there's an elephant in the room. You can ask how I'm doing. Right. Just don't try to give me, well, when I lost my neighbor's sister, I was really upset too. Like there's no comparison in grief. Like, right. Right. What, what are we grief tippers here? Like, okay, this is just my experience. Right. But yeah, don't, there's no comparison. Oh yeah. You know, my grandma died of Alzheimer's little different, like, and then you're putting the story on you instead of focusing on. So that'll maybe be a side chat, like how to talk about. Yeah. I think that just leads us into for season two, the major theme is to dig into grief Mm -hmm. and to normalize grief. Mm -hmm. And we are going to push ourselves to talk about these things. I mean, I think it comes more naturally to you, Rachel. You're so good with sorting through (laughs) your feelings. I'm going to push myself to talk about it because I do think there's going to be healing in it. Mm -hmm. And I do think that this is something that people need to talk about more. And there's just so much grief in this disease between the, the grief of receiving a diagnosis and the, the grief of seeing your loved one change and them not being able to participate in things. And then ultimately when they do pass and it's a complicated grief when they pass, because you kind of have like two different people in your mind, like the person they were before and the person they became. Mm -hmm. So it just feels so natural to totally. dive into that. And, you know, we've already started to record some amazing new interviews where we're really, you know, we're still telling the stories of, of the diagnosis and the journey and who the person was before, but also really tapping into what this is like mm-hmm. for you and right. what the grief journey is like. And I think we can all learn from each other and the different way, sometimes with grief, I just feel like you can't really find the words, but sometimes you hear someone else say something and you're like, yes, that, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. We just interviewed, I won't say her name. Cause I want to like make it a big to do. She said it the best I've heard. And I can't remember what she said about grief. I remember we were both like, we need to write that down. Yeah. We'll leave it for the interview, but it was, it, it was good. You. It yeah. just like, Oh, when she said it, we were like, yes, yeah. We're like, repeat that, repeat yeah. that. And like, repeat it, Put it, on, it on my arm. Sure. Thank totally. you. <laughs> <laughs> you can make millions. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it is kind of what it is. We've been living this for so long and we're just, the journey really doesn't end just mm-hmm. because they're gone you know, the journey really continues and, you know, we're very committed to, you're really going to be a part of my life forever, you know, 
like if, okay, so you note the listeners can't see, but you can like you see, okay, we're on this journey. Here's our path. And then when grief comes in, you just kind of go this way instead of going straight on the path. So it's like, you're still on this journey. It's just, you're taking a different route. (laughs) I think Jack wanted to be a part of the podcast. Jack is obsessed with Maria, everybody. (laughs) Tell them, tell them what, let's take a light, a light break. A little break. And you tell them what Jack does. I think we have to know um, Jack's personality. Um, He is silly and light and he's um he's like the jokester he's more nick than well i don't know i am not gonna say who he's like but (laughs) he's very also um concerned for others so whenever not whenever but like at his birthday okay so he just turned four a few weeks ago and we were all sitting down having cake and he like looked around the table my mom was there my mother-in-law and the four of us and he looked around the table kind of like not okay with whatever was happening and we're like great he doesn't like his cake oh geez here we go yeah and he's like um mom did where is maria supposed to sit because there's no chair for her or like if we're having a family dinner, he'll pull over a big chair. He's like, this is for Maria. And half the time, like we have friends visiting and they're like, who's, who's Maria? Is that Jack's friend? (laughs) (laughs) We're like, he's never met her. And they're like, oh yeah. Imaginary. I'm like, actually, no, she's real. She lives in Boston. (laughs) Jack's like, yeah, she lives in Boston. I'm like, Jack, do you know what Boston is? Like, so he's a real treat. Oh, I love him he's, so much. He's so sweet. So much. He's the best. Okay. That was a he's good break. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. A little, a little Jack lightness. Yeah. A little Jack. Um, so grief, we're going to talk about grief. We're we have talk a grief. super big collaboration that's in the, in the works. Yes. Should we you talk announce about it? it? Yeah. You announce oh, it. Okay. Great. Okay, so we have a big collaboration in February with the Association for FTD, the AFTD, and every year they do a big with love campaign. And the whole purpose of the campaign is sharing your story of your loved one. And so all of our interviews in February are in collaboration with this with love campaign. And we've really curated the mix of stories to tell stories from many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have the perspective of a spouse, perspective of a sibling, perspective of children, and you'll have the opportunity if you choose that you can support the AFTD's mission, which you will learn about more in next week's episode. Susan Dickinson is going to be on next week. Um, she's the CEO of the AFTD and Marie and I had the pleasure of speaking with her. She gives a lot of information about the association and their mission. And I think most importantly, um, super simple ways to get involved. We push for people to tell their stories on our podcast. If you're not into that, but you do want to, you know, help out with advancing research or increasing awareness of FTD, she gives a lot of really, really easy and quick ways to help. More on that next week with Susan. 
again, just such a pleasure to talk to her and we are really in alignment in our missions to, you know, raise awareness for FTD and to help those who are on this journey. So stay tuned for that next week. And we'll also talk a little bit more about the With Love collaboration. And again, that starts in February. So we're super excited about that and the stories and just kind of, you know, partnering with a, with a big FTD organization. So, and we also have beyond February, two sisters who are going to come on at the same time. We have a parent who has a child that has FTD, who's willing to talk about her journey. So we're growing and there's, um, there's still a real want to share your story. And I think it's because it's unique and no one fully understands it. And it's super therapeutic to talk about it. Maria and I have been talking for how long and where it feels like it's just a conversation. Like I'm not, I mean, minus the headset. I'm like, are we just chatting? We're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a, a lot in store. Um, speaking of store, we are going to, was that a good segue? I didn't even, I I want (laughs) to, let's get that on a a poster too. Um, we have limited merchandise that we are going to be testing out to see if it's, if it's a a hit. I think it's adorable. Maria loves it. I'm excited. I hope everybody else does. So stay tuned for that as well. Yes. What else? Some, some little merchandise to uh, promote our overall theme, which is to accept the good. So it's really hard these days to accept the good, but we're really trying. Mm-hmm. And there's always s- good. There's always good. Even there's always good. There's there. Yeah. <laughs> so some goodness that randomly came about in the last few months was the day that Frank passed, uh, my husband and I found a house, our first That's home. Good. And and you're did, recording from there right now. And I'm recording from there now. And so big transition. We we've been city people for a very very long time. Moved out to the burbs. We're so happy, and we just kind of feel like Frank played a part in it. Um, Frank was a realtor for many years of beloved realtor. So I don't know. I just feel like he was really looking out for us. Totally. And and then shortly after that, Rachel found a new house. (laughs) Is this so weird? It's so weird. So the day Maria, we have the same life. (laughs) I know. I think you closed on the day that the house we found went onto the market. So November 10th is the day he passed. And that's when the house that we're in escrow on went on to the market. And I guess, you know, that could be the sign. So I need a couple new houses every week to know that my dad is close. (laughs) Is that okay, Nick? Nick, are you good with that? (laughs) Yeah. Frank, the realtor is up there just He's, He's like, still right, I got to get these girls into the houses. They're forever homes. I know. I know. It's and just... so he got to work. He sure did. And he worked quick, man. He worked very quick. She's just so crazy. Everything in our life time. is like the same. Where do I get it from? That push. Like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to get merchandise? Let's do it. Want to just say this? Okay, great. What color? Like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> like, whoa. 
We're good. We're the yin and yang, right? Yes, yes we are. So tune in, everybody. Tune in to our yin and yang, our yes. new stories, our grief, our fun. It's going to be a great season, even though I know the subject matter is tough. It's, it's real. Important. This it's is important. life. And this is a really hard part of life that we want to help make it easier. So you feel less alone, you totally. know, yep. and you know that the way that you feel is okay mm-hmm. and it's normal. And I say it, I feel like a broken record, but I'm going to continue to say it. If there is something that you want us to talk about, or you want information on, or you feel is important, reach out to us. We are available for how great we are. And we're also (laughs) available for constructive criticism, but we feel that we want to give you what you're wanting. If you want more stories, great. If you want more expert chats, we'll get them lined up. But we want to know how to fulfill your need and your want. We want to be there for you guys and we we want to help. And and that's where I find a lot of my healing is through through this, through through Mm -hmm. helping and through sharing. And I'm just so thankful to have this space Mm -hmm. to do that. Reach out. Instagram, email, uh, carrier pigeon, just get in contact (laughs) with us and let us know, because I think we're, we're flexible with what we can talk about. Um, Dementia is closely related to Alzheimer's. If you want to hear more stories about that, we can bring on, we have plenty of people that we've connected with that are on a similar path with Alzheimer's, you know, their caregiver for their parents or, um, we have a lot of people that were in communication with via Instagram, who are grief counselors who can talk about, you know, great resources for that or how to manage these kind of uneasy feelings. But yeah, we're, we're ready. We're back. We're back with fire under our tush because we're going to fight this. Yes. Yes. I might just be a little emo, but that's okay. That's okay. That's good. I'll go on mute when I really start sobbing hard. How many interviews did I have to like excuse myself to get a tissue? <laughs> the father-daughter ones. I'm like, what am yeah, I? Yeah, those are hard. Those are so hard. Why am I laughing? It's so hard to hear. <laughs> weird. <laughs> See, emotions are weird. I also want to say that I really, you know, we're kind of facilitating the interviews and, and the resources and trying to be there for people. But the interviews that we're doing, I... I don't know, maybe that goes without saying they, they help me. Like there are things that we learned from some of the episodes or little nuggets that we heard from people in season one that I was thinking about after my mom passed, it was comforting me. The episode told by Olivia, we interviewed Olivia about her mom, Robin. Mm -hmm. There's a part of that episode at the end where she talks about Uh, she reads this beautiful poem and she talks about how her mom's parents died in a plane crash. And when her mom passed, she felt like her mom was probably the happiest she had been in a long time to be reunited with her parents. And, you know, what, whatever you believe, um, you know, she, she said that too. She was like, you know, I'm not trying to push 
belief on anybody, but that's something that she thought about when her mom passed. And I just kept thinking of that when my mom passed, that she was with my papu, her dad, who was her Frank, who Mm -hmm. was her nurturer Mm -hmm. and her like best friend. Mm -hmm. And that comforted me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's funny what sticks with you. Like the little pieces that like float out. You're like, oh yeah, so-and-so said that. And I'm totally feeling it right now. Right. It just, and, and I think that's also um, maybe just something to think about. If you're thinking about sharing your story, but you're nervous and you don't know if you want to reach out to us, you don't know if you're going to be, there's been people that are like, We're, I'm not a good public speaker. And then they're like the best interview. I know. Um, just, I try and tell, I'm there's someone that's going to come on in the with love collaboration. We'll talk about more. Who's a part of my family. And, um, she's really nervous that she's not going to do my mom justice. She's not going to tell the story well enough. And I just keep trying to tell her like, look, something that you say in that interview is going to help someone. I just know it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there have been pieces of each interview that, has touched someone. And sometimes totally. I'll say something, even though it's outlandish, cause I'm like, somebody's going to connect with this, this thing. Mm-hmm. You just know it. Mm-hmm. And, um, there've been many, many interview parts of the interviews that we've had that would just really stick with me. So it's really a gift to us too. Um, and it's totally normal to feel nervous. Everybody that comes on, they log on to zoom and they're like, hi, you can <laughs> <laughs> that they're just like so uncomfortable. Right. And then they start talking and usually it's pushing two hours because we're like, okay, so tell us about that. And right. it just becomes, you forget that you're recording. You forget that you're going to be like produced, you know, and right. put out. but it's, everyone's nervous. No one feels comfortable at the beginning. And we've seen it legit in every episode. Every episode, somebody that we've talked to, they're like, "Uh, I don't know. And Marie and I are in tears the whole time because it's so touching. So, okay. Just to recap, uh, because I'm the organizational freak. Season two, we're diving into grief. We're ready to keep fighting this disease. We're ready to hear from you guys. We're here to support you. We've got resources. We've got genetic counselors. We've got the CEO of the AFTD. We've got a big collaboration with, with love. It's just going to be great. And I'm, I can't wait. It feels so good to be back. It feels, it it feels so good. Oh my gosh. I kept telling Mike that like the first couple interviews that we did the last few weeks, just being back, like it feels right. This is what Kim Kardashian probably feels like when she's (laughs) (laughs) she's doing what? Pushing skims. skims? Skims, yeah. I don't know. Okay, Chloe. I don't know. One of them. Justin All Timberlake. Right. You're so LA. I okay. Know. So. So we're here. Let's do it. Season two. We're here. And if, Seco. if you're just joining us. Welcome. Uh, welcome. You can always go back to season one or you can just hop in here. So. In many of the episodes, we have someone read words from their loved one. So I wanted to share, um, if you listen to my mom's episode on Malia, uh, you would 
know that she had a long time art blog um, where she talked about all about the importance of creativity and just shared her life and just such a blessing to, to have that now. So I'd like to share a blog post. Yes. Rachel doesn't know what I'm going to share. I know. So maybe grab a tissue. I don't know. Are you going to tell me something at the end? Is there like a ta-da? No, it's just a really nice. Okay. Okay. No, it's just a really nice post. I have to be prepared sometimes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So this is from October 18th, 2006 from my mom's blog. It's called Take Time to Smell the Roses. Raw Beauty is All Around You. Time is so fleeting. After visiting my daughter this weekend at college, it has forced me to think about how fast the time goes. So often we, in parentheses, I, get lost in the hustle and bustle of life, trying to get stuff done, trying to keep my family happy, do the right things, etc. Sometimes I'm blind to the beauty all around me. I'm sitting in a beautiful rose garden and all I see is dirty laundry. Screw the laundry. I'm going to embrace life's beauty and enjoy the moments in my life. Yesterday, I said yes to my daughter building a fort in the middle of the kitchen during a rainy day. I said yes to having ice cream in the afternoon. I said yes to taking a day to do art and have fun. Time. If only I could live in the moment. I will try. Will you try with me? XOXO, Leah. Rachel and I want to thank you for tuning in to the first episode of season two. We release new episodes each week on Mondays, so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Remember Me Podcast. You can also visit our website and apply to be on the podcast at RememberMeFTD.com. This podcast is produced by Maria Kent Beers and Rachel Martinez, and the beautiful music you hear is by Bailey Kent. Bailey's music is now available on iTunes and Spotify. Have a good week, everyone.